The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me. Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts, there are worse ways to roll into a Wednesday afternoon podcast uh, talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, but not many spring to mind right now. Uh, the Brewers have gone and lost two out of three games to the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. The uh, Chicago Cubs are currently in the midst of standing over the uh, corpse of the St. Louis or St. San Francisco Giants, rather. And uh, the Cincinnati Reds um, are giving themselves a chance to potentially sweep the Seattle Mariners later today. It's not good, Adam. It's not what you want. But before we talk about all that, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing OK. I sound better than I sounded the other day. So it's a good start for what will be a double podcast recording for us. I was going to call that out. You do sound great. You were under the weather the other day, had a lot of travels. And I noticed as soon as we got on the Zoom today, ooh, Adam Adam sounds back to his best. He's he's sounding great. I do. I'm back today. Um, the Brewers, the Brewers let me down. I I not only requested, I demanded a sweep. Uh, this was a series. I think you got to go and sweep at this point in the season. Not only did the Brewers let that go at the first opportunity, but 
They try the, the final game of the series two to lose in Pittsburgh. And as you outlined with the picture with some of the rivals, not only is it not great, it is pretty poorly timed too. And <laughs> big, big series coming up. I know it probably is annoying hearing us say that at this point because I feel like we're a month into saying for one reason or another, the Brewers have a really big stretch coming up. But they really do, and they shouldn't necessarily have to, I think would be how how I'd put it. They really could have gone and just taken care of business here. And, you know, you remain in very, very firm control of the division. Um, as things stand, that is not the case. I guess what is worth noting, what is the fallback in this is, um, at least at our time of recording, there are three NL Central teams currently playoff bound with the Cubs and the Reds occupying wildcard spots. But that's not really how we wanted to do this, Andrew. We wanted to win a division, and the Brewers may still do that, but losing two to three to the Pirates at this time of the year certainly doesn't help you to go and claim the NL Central. Yeah, and it's something we talked about last year when the series against the Pirates and at the time the <laughs> much worse than they are right now. Reds derailed the second half of their season in the immediate aftermath of the trade deadline. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the list of series again this year, but uh, and this may be true for for most of the contending teams in baseball. I just don't watch them every day, so I don't see their records against teams like this. But, you know, except for the, the Dodgers and the Braves. The Brewers can beat any good team in baseball in a series, any team with a winning record in a series. They can go out and do it. And they can also lose to any team in baseball in a series. That's who this team has proven themselves to be. I think a lot of that has to go down to just how uh, limited the offense can be at times. Because if you're if you're in low-scoring games, if you're in close games, that means that you're pitching and you're, in particular your bullpen has to be perfect and for a lot of the season they have and then in recent weeks we've talked about workloads catching up to guys and just uh obviously you also invite the factor of luck into play there like we saw against the cubs when the bounce of a cody bellinger ground ball up the middle uh wins a game um so yeah and that's just where it has to be and they take this punch in the mouth and now they have to go into a series against, um, and we'll talk about this later, obviously, a Yankee team who I think is uh, playing better. They're back to 500 uh, at 69 and, and 69. They've caught up some of their top prospects and are trying to get the, uh, you know, all of the toxic veterans out of the uh, out of the team, some of which are in other organizations. Set them, set them uh, to Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've won four in a row. Uh, as I speak to you here, I think they have a game later this evening against, against the Tigers. Correct. Uh, so uh, we'll see if that continues. But uh, this is was a stretch in the schedule where we're like, all right, pile on, squash the bugs beneath your feet. That did not happen here, and it coincided with some of your division rivals playing really good baseball. And now you've got to you've got to go into New York and tell the Yankees what they've been doing is cute, but it's time to to, you know, get out of the way. I mean, there is a little bit of a problem with that, which is part of the reason why I think going into this series, we're like, yeah, you got to go and sweep is because you look at who's got on the mound for the Brewers and you've got 
top three guys in your rotation. I I, I don't want to pin this series loss on the pitching. We can certainly say there's one of the, the three starters in question in the series who is entirely blameless. Um, the offense didn't score enough runs, but also these are the three guys who right now you just kind of hope and expect to give up fewer runs than they did and even get you through a series against the Pirates with just a couple of runs um, to get you a win if your offense is struggling like it'll be proved too. So the picture going to New York is a little bit different. We're going to have Colin Ray again. Hopefully we get the best of Wade Miley and then we'll see Corbin. Let's hope with a vengeance um, after a start that wasn't quite his best. But that, that was a big part of this Pirate series too. It's like bad team and you've got your three best starting pitchers go take care of business and just they didn't and that's that's a really tough tough beat that uh i don't know they've got to shake it off they've got to get the best of what they can from their pitching core to me guys just seem tired though all around i i mentioned this to you just before we started and maybe we'll get to some of it news and notes uh, Craig Council has really, really tightened things up in terms of his lineups from day to day. While I think in a vacuum, it makes a lot of sense in terms of what his best lineup is right now. There are a number of guys who just aren't where they were a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, six weeks ago. Um, they're just a couple of ticks below that and they look tired and they look like they could do it a day off every now and then. And instead, you know, at-bats for Rowdy Tellez are very rare. Uh, Brian Anderson has not had an at-bat in over two weeks. Joey Weimer is hardly ever seen. They are all players who have had significant flaws in their game this year. But if you're trotting out all these other guys every single day, you're not necessarily getting a whole lot out of them on plenty of occasions. And I do wonder if things need to be just freshened up. I mean, at this point, yeah, your roster is what it is, but... I don't know if you can be quite as wet to it this far out from the finish line as the Brewers seem to be. And then when you go to the bullpen and you, you look at the pitching, I, I think the same applies. Um, we're seeing guys who a month ago all just looked a lot better are looking pretty shaky. Uh, Yoel Piamps is the latest in that. We talked about the last part of him just looking like he needed a rest. I believe he did not pitch at all in this series. And I hope that that is going to be something that we could see him back against the Yankees and he's looking right back to his best. But I I do have concerns all around. I mean, this is what happens. This is The season is a marathon, but when you get to this point, and I think your decision is we're really kind of zeroing in and we're going with fewer and fewer guys. I just think there's a significant enough amount of this race left to be run and that Craig might be making that call too early. Like I, I know all the frustrations of a Joey Weimer at bat, for example, but I think if the Brewers are to make any real noise, you need to find the version of Christian Yelich that you had a month to three months ago and giving him a day off and reshuffling your, your outfield to some extent would seem wise. Um, Santana's just had a pretty tough series. You're giving Rowdy Telez more at-bats than any of these other guys I'm mentioning, but he's coming in and it's just like, okay, Rowdy, uh, hit a grand slam with two outs. Like These are the kind of spots he's in. 
I don't know if that's really the solution either. Maybe I'm overthinking that. Maybe you just have to buckle down and try to avoid the flaws. But I think you're getting reduced versions of your best players by just playing them every single day at this point. I I, I think Craig should maybe just loosen that up a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see something like that, especially soon with someone like Yelich, because he does look like a guy who just needs a day. Um, the at-bat against, I don't think it was Bednar, or I guess it might have been, yeah, Bednar yeah, in was the last Bednar. inning. It was just, uh, like, it, it looked like a guy who was tired and pressing and just trying yeah. to be the hero in that at-bat and taking some swings that the Yelich of a month and a half ago was not taking. And just some swing decisions that might be influenced by that fatigue that you mentioned. Uh, I think when all the deadline deals were made um, and when Sal Friedlich was called up, a more mixing and matching approach is what we expected. Um, and like to your point, they could benefit from that off day tomorrow on Thursday or <laughs> today as you're listening to this. And I think there's only one more off day the rest of the season. And they have a, a big stretch there of just playing game after game after game with consecutive days. So uh, whether or not they can get some reinforcement for the last guy in the pen from Nashville via uh, kind of the extra uh, relievers there. You have some mix and match. Okay, this guy came in and wear it for this day. Send him down. Another guy's coming up to wear it to buy yourself some innings there. Uh, you're going to have potentially Josh Donaldson uh, <laughs> be added into the mix as well. Maybe if that doesn't work in, you add in a guy like, Abraham Toro over someone like Owen Miller, who's shown more offensive production uh, in limited at bats and maybe like a higher ceiling there. I mean, you have ways that you can buy some guys some rest, but they're not, none of them are good options unless like, unless John, Josh Donaldson looks like 2021 Josh Donaldson. The, the options at his disposal are very limited, but I agree with you that maybe we need to see just guys, uh, miles on their body over the course of a 162 games be taken into consideration it's also like this is the bites at the apple approach right and this is how you construct a roster like this you're gonna have to do it by committee to some extent and you can't just all of a sudden decide no no i don't trust any of those guys like i the worst joey weimer day which is probably over four or four k's they're getting those kind of days from other guys too right now. Like it can happen just because you're pressing too hard. Uh, I think the trade-off of, you know, just mixing and matching and at least getting some rest decreases the chances of that affecting some of your real top tier guys. It's not all doom and gloom. Like I do think it's very safe to say Willie Adamas has found something and has been one of the few brewers who has, I guess over the course of a month, his trend is much more up than down. Um, But there's there's definitely room for some things to change. Even Sal Freelich, who's like, he's good to come up with a hit, but he's not looking quite as fresh, quite as just kind of lively as he as he did in his first kind of month or so. That's natural. Like, you're going to start to feel the toll of all of this, but it's got to be part of managing it to make sure that you're not just kind of petering out and grueling games in Pittsburgh in September. has to be that knowing when okay, my better player has to sit here because it's just going to give us more balance. It's going to manage everyone's kind of health and freshness in a way that's to our advantage over the entirety of the final stretch of the season here as opposed to, well, I want to win this game today and who are the best names I can put down this sheet of paper, which 
kind of feels like how uh, how lineup cards are being filled out right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean it's a tough spot to be in with the way that the roster it gets built by the bite to the apple. They just don't have, um, like they don't have the depth of teams like the Braves and the Dodgers. And sadly, it's it's never going to be that way unless uh, like there's real investment there. So that the you know first however many names in your lineup are guys that knock depth the guys to depth roles. Um, but it's like you know last year. <laughs> Where you're like Andrew McCutcheon has to be a nailed in uh, starter at DH here because that's your best option there. And it's just like uh, a tough place to be in that has resulted in a lot of bites. But you got to make sure you don't uh, you don't let the uh, cardboard frozen pizza burn your mouth and then you don't even get the bite because it landed in the trash can. Um, And that's that's what happened at the end of last season. And we hope it doesn't happen this season. You know, we're com- we're talking about this on the heels of a frustrating series loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, but after the Cubs finished just absolutely wiping the Giants' faces in the dirt, uh, punched them in the nose again, uh, and then, you know, leave their faces in said dirt, uh, the Brewers will still have a game and a half lead up on the Cubs. Uh, Cubs start a series tomorrow against the Arizona Diamondbacks, four against the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks right now are kind of in a weird spot. I think they're... Uh, currently looking like they have a chance to lose a series to the Colorado Rockies. They're down four one. They lost last night. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah. The um, what sort I'm looking for the soft underbelly of the National League wild card race exposing itself here. Uh, with the Giants especially, but um, exposing itself against the Cubs. Just they're they're all rolling over for Chicago, which is not great right now. So no, I hope the, it's the snakes have just rolled over for the Rockies and you know who we're gonna be we're gonna be back to business tomorrow. If ever there's a time for you know Snake Timber to really rise up, it will be against the Cubs in these four games. Long way to go in that game, but it is five one Rockies and when I started that sentence it was three one Rockies. It was so, three one. Uh, um but anyway, 
Uh, the only news of the week is uh, that uh, aforementioned last man in the bullpen spot is now uh, Thiago Vieira. Clayton Andrews had been called up as uh, the extra man in the pen uh, going into the series against the Phillies. I believe it was Phillies. Yeah, that sounds right. Sounds um, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't expect Clayton Andrews to last long. In fact, in, in the immediacy, I expected him to be sent right back down uh, on Saturday when Colin Ray was called up to make a start. That was not the case. J.B. Bukowskis was sent down. And uh, Clayton Andrews returned to Pittsburgh. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but I guess that's all I got. Vieira, I got to see him pitch last Sunday. Gave up a run in one inning against the Durham Bulls. Uh, a guy that we talked about in the offseason. Uh, throws gas. And uh, Matt Arnold likes gas. So <laughs> we'll see what he's got. I think he... Uh, has had a uh, fairly decent year in in Triple A, uh, thirty seven and two thirds innings pitched, three three five ERA, fifty one strikeouts. Uh, has made twenty three appearances in the majors across three different seasons. Uh, hasn't pitched in the majors since um, twenty nineteen. Uh, any thoughts, Adam? Uh, not really. I just hope he's better than basically all of the other bullpen arms we've seen come from Nashville this year. It's for as much as there is to, uh, to write home about with the, the Brewers farm system at the moment, bullpen arms who are one step away has not been it. Um, Abner Uribe, I believe is the only reliever who has come from there. Who's worked out and he was only briefly in Nashville. Did am I even right on that? Did he come straight from the Shockers? Who Abner? Yeah, I think he was That's a great he had question. like five games in Nashville. Is what's in my head. Um, Gas has been good to the Brewers this year. Um, maybe with that in mind, they should uh, try out someone who's actually got gas in their name at some point before the end of the season. But yeah, we'll see. I mean. What was so the 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 this, Stern's this year thing? We always what I will what I will say with Vieira is this fits much more neatly the profile of who I would expect the Brewers to have looked at like a long time ago in these call ups, and maybe you find something and he works out at this level, and he sticks and he's useful. I don't entirely get why we've had to see the other type of pitcher. And you mentioned a lot of guys who can just kind of come up and eat on the day off, but it just seems like that's almost exclusively what they've they've brought from Nashville for the most part this season. So at least on paper, this seems like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like you know, this is what the Brewers bullpen, like this is the, what they wanted to look like. Uh, much the, the other name, I guess I forgot, and we've seen the ups and downs of, but it's Trevor McGill, where you're like, yeah, okay, I get what he how he fits here what he's supposed to what the hope is Vieira could fall into that mold and if that's the case well that's great you found something uh Bukowskis and Andrews don't get it never got it and I mean Bukowskis hasn't given with up a usage. run this year <laughs> well, how, well why does he get, get get sent back for Clayton Andrews how does that make sense well to be fair that's the part that's most baffling with him is the usage and it, that that was also true with Clayton Andrews, who came up to just, you know, be your security in case you needed someone to eat innings. And then he didn't get sent back down and he stayed a couple of days and then they sent him out to 
die all over again. Um, like it's it's pretty confusing. Uh, I don't really have any feel on what they're doing there. Uh, Aaron Ashby did pitch for the Wisconsin Timberwolves today. I will it didn't say sound that. like it went great. Well, I believe Rain also, you know, okay. interrupted that pretty early. So I don't even know if you really got to to see true what was the plan. Um, but look, Andrew, it's not going great for a whole lot of people. And at least well, you know, fifty percent strikes was what I think I read. <laughs> Listen, these things happen. These things happen, Andrew. It's going to be fine. Uh, the Brewers need something. They need. They need one of these guys who well, was supposed to be like a real factor to well one be healthy and two remember to not be bad like Eric Lauer, as we've mentioned in recent weeks too fits that bill. It's like it would be a good time for you to look like a major league pitcher again, Eric Lauer, because the Brewers could really do with someone like that. Um, I've got the solution, or not the solution, but I've got the thing you try if you're not a coward. Robert Gasser. Yeah, would have been the Stearns era thing is like you got this pitching prospect, work them in as a reliever uh, at a certain point, even if you don't have room for them in the rotation and just see what happens there. Um, I do have the numbers on Ashby, one and two thirds innings, a hit, two strikes, strikeouts, two walks, two runs, 133 pitches, 16 of them for strikes. So the uh, might might have been a, a condensation issue like uh, during that very hot day on uh, in AmFam. So, uh, well, he has another rehab appearance on the 10th, I believe. It's also like, I believe it was Woody who had a really ugly, uh, if I was first, it was the second appearance with the Timber Rattlers. I, I don't know how much stock to put into that as opposed to... I don't put to... any stock into the runs allowed, I, but the command thing is where I would be worried. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. If you can't find the zone, you can't find the zone. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Yeah, look, I I mean, to me, Gaster should have should have got the column race start last week and should have been getting his column race start and then... If Hauser's back and you want to put Hauser back in the rotation, then Gasser finishes out the season in the bullpen. Um, and all of that would make sense for multiple reasons, not just based on his production, but also based on your future outlook with starting pitchers and what's likely going to happen there and that you're going to need to move guys along. So how about get that you know, kick-started and hopefully build up some confidence and make them feel comfortable at that level? I guess not. Well, at least not yet. But I don't I don't get it. Vieira Vieira looks like this is we're talking about Vieira and that's where it started. Vieira looks interesting. Like maybe that works and that is a real kind of the bullpen arguably need arguably needs someone like that. I, I think the Brewers need someone like the other guys we're talking about uh, to be the fifth starter at the moment. Like really to just see through the regular season. Um, but the bullpen could do with someone else who, you know, is going to throw gas, but will show good command. And maybe, if not quite at the heights of Abner Uribe first coming up, not far off that, can give, you know, a few weeks like that, some good outings. Andrew Chafin, has he, like, remembered how to pitch? Don't want to get carried away. There have been some mildly encouraging signs of, very different spots than they were putting him in before. Um, I, I do think another reliever who can just go out and really kind of torch guys for one inning could be really, really useful. So let's hope that's Vieira. But if that does look to be Vieira, I'll be even a little bit more confused about just really what their whole approach has been. I even I don't feel like their approach with 
pitchers is all that consistent with their approach with you know position prospects which of course some of that is natural there's big differences between how you want to manage them and their age but it seems like it's quite a gap to be bridged um do you think yeah i, I know, and I I know we've brought this up before is I know in hindsight you revisited, I guess, what you hoped for, and it was a reflection of where is there any chance though that they really were burned by small and they overthink this to some extent with every step up? Because the kind of the brewer's pathway for pitching prospects that has really been a staple of the franchise more than anything. Uh, in part because of the lack of, of pitching prospects, I will admit that it is not being a feature at all in the time we've been podcasting with the team because they're ultra ultra cautious um i mean maybe like it's strange to me just because of like doing the playback uh when we won't rewatch the 2018 playoffs and we see reliever corbin burns yeah and brandon and brandon woodruff i think that year too mm-hmm. um and it seems like something that a previous but same regime was willing to do with guys. And I would tend to think a lot of people follow the, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect mindset where it's, if, you know, if they've got bullets in their arm, uh, for lack of a better term, shoot them in the league where it's actually providing you value when they're ready. And Gasser does seem like that type of guy at this point in the season. Um, we would have liked for him to get the start last Saturday. I mean, obviously there might be an opportunity this weekend as well. If they were to flip that switch, uh, I haven't heard anything on Hauser. Do we know if, uh, if that's going to extend to another week? I haven't heard anything on that. Um, I, yeah, uh, I, w- I would guess that if all goes well, he'd be back for the first game against the Cardinals on September 18th. So, I mean, that's, still 10 days away yeah so i don't know why that organizational philosophy shift seems to be happening with this one guy in particular uh it i mean it could be what happened last year but also it's just like the social media accounts won't stop telling me how great his last few months have been i want to see this in the big leagues where you've got room like there's if you if you don't want him uh, to be a reliever, fine. If it's like you think for whatever reason with this specific instance, you don't want to take him out of that starting routine, then you just start him last Saturday. He goes four or five innings, hopefully. And, you know, a lot of people in that building watching that game against the Phillies are a lot more excited to go to that game than they would have been otherwise. Obviously, that game ended up turning out okay. Colin Ray went four and a third, and it was fine, and they won the game. But I don't know. You've injected well, some excitement into the team via – free lick uh in recent weeks you know keep keep it going because we're kind of weaning off our, our last dosage <laughs> uh, i also like it just might make them better it might give them a better chance of going winning the division and that's if you want it to be a starter fine i think probably by the time hopefully hauser is back ray will have probably got another three starts out of this unless you know the next one goes disastrously they could have been three Gasser starts, and you'd learn a whole lot more about who Robert Gasser is and what you want to do with him the rest of the way and what he's going to be factoring into your plans next season. So, yeah, that would have seemed worthwhile to me, but time's running out on it. Yeah, when when uh, 
when Andrews got caught up and stayed, I was, and I was befuddled. I was drinking my morning coffee on a Saturday, trying to to process the thought there. I was like, maybe they just want another lefty. Well, you know what? Robert Gasser, Southpaw, starring, I can't remember which boxing movie that was. Gyllenhaal? Was it Gyllenhaal? Might have been Gyllenhaal. Yes, I think Southpaw was Gyllenhaal. All right. There is one other one other news and that which I alluded to earlier, which I, I don't think you're probably prepared to go into, but I do think we should touch on just because it does feed into oh, yeah. conversations. Uh, which is the whole Brian Anderson thing. Friend of the pod, Kurt Hoke, um, asked after the second game of the series against the Pirates, he asked Craig Council about essentially why Brian Anderson hadn't seen an at-bat in two weeks. There was an opportunity with the Brewers with a big lead to bring him in um, in game two of the series. Council opted not to do that. And Kurt Hogue also spoke to Brian Anderson himself for the Journal Sentinel. And the quote Anderson gave, or one of the quotes he gave, was, I wasn't playing too well to really force my way into the lineup. At the same point, I didn't necessarily think I was going to go several weeks without an at-bat. There are a lot of things I can't control. I just want to be here for the guys. I want to be positive. I want to do the things I can control and stay as ready as I can. Um, he later continued with something that I do think is somewhat interesting. I know this is a quite an optimistic view, but it does somewhat factor into, I think, the guys who counsel isn't playing maybe to the detriment of burning out some of his other guys, um, there is potential for them to get hot. And we've seen it happen already this season for, I think all three of the most relevant guys, I think in that conversation, Rowdy Anderson and even Weimer. Um, Anderson said, I think it was just one of those things where I started off hot and hit a cold spell. And then I just haven't had the chance to get hot again. I think that's kind of how it goes. You're going to have a month where you don't hit well. You're going to have a month where you're on fire. Then those middle months, you kind of grind through those at-bats. I only got 300 at-bats. I was looking like I was on pace for 500, 550. 250 at-bats, anything can happen. I have an OPS in the 600s now, but could have a good 50 at-bats and be at 750. I know Brian Anderson is going to say that, and I'm not entirely convinced that would happen. But also, that is baseball, and I don't think that is entirely far-fetched. And I, I do think just how kind of out of the picture he's been. I know his numbers are even inflated by his start, but I also think his start is representative of, hey, wouldn't it be nice if that was to happen now? And I don't think an at-bat every now and then to see if you've got something is going to kill you on that. Now, I will admit and we'll get out in front of one of the last times if not in fact the last time we saw him he had one of the worst at-bats that anyone has had this season and maybe that was what sealed it for Craig Council can't remember exactly who that was against but he really put up an absolute stinker um but to some extent I think he has a point here I I really do I think there are always these kind of ups and downs and even if it's just, you know, pinch hitting and there's one or two at-bats in a game when someone else doesn't look like they've got it or they're just looking a little bit tired, I don't think it's going to kill you. I think you can still win win games that you can win. You could lose games that you're otherwise going to lose by having a Brian Anderson in there or Rowdy Tellez in there or Joey Weimer in there. Um, I'm maybe 
you know, harping on this a little bit too much. But I, I thought his own reasoning for it, albeit optimistic and certainly biased, is not entirely unfair that, you know, all it takes is another hot spell and all of a sudden his whole season's performance is reframed in a slightly different way. And the Brewers could really do with a hot spell from someone who does show a little bit of power every now and then. Well, uh, what has Craig Council's entire challenge been this whole season in terms of where he plugs in various people in the lineup? It's been riding these hot streaks until they're not hot anymore. Yeah. Owen Miller was the obvious candidate. Andre Monasterio was hot, cooled off, is heating up again. Uh, the, the, a lot of the stretch that Brian Anderson and uh, and them are talking about is coincided with them just winning a lot. And so that could have been part of the over-reliance on the same lineup. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We've now seen them lose two out of their last three series, one of them to the Pittsburgh Pirates. A guy that I love, uh, you know this, Adam, uh, Bryce Terang goes three for three in the Friday game against the Rangers, and then since then has looked like one of those guys that probably could use a day off. Um, he's had he's had some uh, big RBI hits and a sack fly and driven in runs, but uh, for the most part, the last uh, few weeks offensively have been a real struggle for him. Could he benefit from getting a day off? Andre Monasterio plays second base. Brian Anderson like gets the shot to see if there's like anything left they can click in at third. Maybe um, him being on the roster and just seemingly being a guy that they view as a non-factor completely is, is tough. And I, part of me wonders if this is kind of reaction to obviously much, much, much different levels, but last year the hater trade rocked the clubhouse chemistry. Brian Anderson seems like a guy beloved in the clubhouse. Uh, if you, theory would suggest that if you thought you were going to use him not at all and get absolutely zero from him, you would have just DFA'd him two weeks ago and called up someone that you think uh, can at least have like a role on the team. Like, you you know, you've got guys uh, in the minor leagues right now who are obviously acquired recently that would project as kind of like those late game defensive replacement types, like a Greg Allen or a Chris Roller or um, someone like that. Um, So it is interesting. um, And, is it worth one more look? I mean, there have been some t- tough at bats, but there have also been those great moments that we saw early in the season. Uh, if everyone was performing and this offense was rolling like it had been during the stretch where they were winning series and sweeping series and everything was going great, I would say maybe don't mess with it. But we're getting to a point where last two weeks of the season going into the playoffs, what's the next hot hand you have to play? And like, what what cards do you have in front of you and are you ready to hit and get another card and, and, and see what happens? And Donaldson's that, Anderson's that. There are a lot of different options and it would seem opportunity to shake it up coming off the heels of this series loss. Not like entirely, but... You know no, I mean? but like if you have a three-game series, one of the three games that we, we're seeing some sort of movement with it, you know, just... I, I, I think it's smart to keep these guys fresh because there's also a lot of intensity to try and go and clinch the division. And if you're successful in that, or even if you're not, and you find yourself in the wild card, it's like, okay. And then you have to go again. Like, uh, I just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like there, I mean, there may well be nothing there, but I do think again, with the kind of guys in question, like you're talking about good defensive players. So what is generally the worst that happens here? They don't hit and they play good defense. Sure sound like Milwaukee Brewers to me. <laughs> that is Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this Yankee series. I know they definitely have an opportunity in the Marlins series with Jesus Lazardo going uh, left-hander where they can kind of just stack, line up with righties, get Weimer some at-bats. I know uh, Brian Anderson isn't like a traditional platoon guy, but that would seem like a no-brainer game to give Yelich Bryce a day off and, you know, just kind of uh, refresh the deck, so to speak. I I should just add to wrap that up because in case anyone didn't didn't actually see uh, Kurt Hogue's article or any of the quotes from it, it just seems like that's not going to happen with Anderson. I mean, Council has spoken to him about it, um, and it just seems like it's gone. The, to but, give the quote, but... I talked to BA and we're at the point of the season where for the most part here we're going to play the guys that give us the best shot, and that means that right now BA is having to not get to play that much. That's the way it is. He knows that it could happen at any time and he could be back in there. You got to stay ready. And that's part of being a professional. Um, and the other part of the council call, I get is, guess is the priority is to win games. That's first. Andrew's playing well, Brian. I've talked to Brian a couple of times. I think he's done a good job of trying to stay ready and it's not easy, but the priority is always going to be to just win the game. And that's not going to change. I will say, I do think they're kind of weird quotes because you're just kind of being like, yeah, <laughs> We want to win games. We're not going to win games with this guy. Um, but yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound like someone who's going to change their mind on that very soon either. Then he shouldn't be on the roster or in no, the organization. If if that's if that's the mindset, let's not keep wasting roster spots. Um, and maybe maybe that happens when Donaldson's ready. He's DFA'd and Brian Anderson's gone. But you'd think it would have happened by now if you're just not going to use him and i'm not arguing We're like damn it brian anderson is the second coming of mike schmidt at third base and he's back in the lineup not saying it like that just maximize your roster by having guys you'll use hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline um moving on to the series at hand uh brewers versus pirates uh, Corbin Burns on the mound in the first game against Luis Ortiz and uh, started out well in the second inning. Victor Caratini hits a sack fly to score South Freelick. That makes it 1-0. Uh, Bryce Durang follows with a sack fly of his own to score Willie Adamas to make it 2-0. Uh, the fourth inning is where the first bit of damage comes to Corbin Burns and uh, this wasn't a it was, wasn't an awful performance. It came down to a, a few mistakes that the uh, Pirates capitalized on. But you just where you are in this season and in the race and who you're playing against, you need your ace to be an ace in this game. And he wasn't uh, in the fourth inning. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, old friend, doubles to left. Connor Joe flies out. And then Jack Sawinski, who just scares me every time he's in the box, mm-hmm. hits a two run, hits a two run over to make it two two. Uh, next bit of damage comes in the bottom of the fifth. Uh the inning starts with two outs. I think this was uh, something that uh, popped up in, I, I want to say it was the Cubs series, but it might have been a different se- uh, series where Bert Corbin just continually gave up the big hit with two outs. 
Uh, Brian Hayes follows that with a solo homer, makes it 3-2. Brian Reynolds then doubles. McCutcheon follows that with a double, makes it 4-2 Pirates. Uh, Corbin Burns goes six innings, seven hits, four runs, seven strikeouts, limited the walks, but just really punished with uh, big damage that, that got the job done for the Pirates. The, the pair of homers, uh, the doubles, so the extra base hits in the fourth and the fifth, just really doing in Corbin. Uh, Brewers offense was uh, nowhere to be found after those second inning runs. One for seven runners in scoring position, left seven on base. Um, Hobie Milner provided a scoreless inning following Burns. Bryce Wilson provides a scoreless inning, uh, but the Pirates bullpen uh, gets the job done. Ortiz, to his credit, two, six innings, five hits, just the two earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Uh, yeah, Burns uh, just a notch below being his ace-like self, and the Brewers' offense uh, reverts back to form. Brewers lose 4-2 in the first game of the series. Corbin's season-long ERA is up to 363 now, which would be the second-highest mark of his career um, behind his 882 in 2019. He's never had a, a season ERA above three outside of that, though, and it's going to be above three this year. Um, in addition to that, I'm looking here. I mean, if you look at something like his uh, strikeouts to walks over the course of the season, like it's kind of absurd how dominant he was the past two seasons in that regard. And he is down at the lowest rate of his career for strikeouts to walks. Like, I know we had the resurgence and he looked great, and there was a whole wave of, oh, Cor- Corbin Burns is Corbin Burns. Uh, but it does really feel like at this point of the season we just gonna be like, yeah, this is this is not being a good season. And uh, could I uh, could I speculate as to potential reasons why Corbin Burns may have been knocked off balance this season from where he's been in the past? I sure could. I think that's that's there for everyone to read between the lines. Um, but also like, oh, he gave up four earned runs. Uh, it's kind of what kind of what we're supposed to expect at this point, you know, from him this season. And it's just, it's not the Corbin Burns you expect. It's not the Corbin Burns the Brewers necessarily need right now, but it is pretty close to lining up to what his season has been. I'm going to um, do a bit that we talk about a lot that uh, is not our bit, but I'm going to do it anyway. Adam, you know, I'm out and about. I'm at the grocery store. A lot of people coming up to me and saying, Andrew, um, who do you think should start uh, game one of a playoff series? from Milwaukee Brewers. And I tell them, I tell them Brandon Woodruff, a lot of people just keep coming up and asking me. And I've been, you know, I haven't been able to give them a clear answer in the midst of Corbin refining form. And in terms of, uh, Brand or Woodruff being hurt in, uh, in regard to like Freddie turning it on. But now when people come up to me, I, I tell them Brandon Woodruff. So that's just the thing that's been happening. I can't argue. That's what we, that's what we call a transition in this business, Adam, as we're going to transition to game two of the series. Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Andre Jackson. And Brandon Woodruff <laughs> was excellent. Uh, Brewers score first in the fourth inning. Uh, Mark Canna grounds out into a double play. The runner on score uh, on third scored. Christian Yelich makes it one nothing. In the fifth, the Brewers really tack on. Uh, six runs in the fifth. First one coming. Uh, via an Andrew Monasterio triple that would score Sal Freelich. Bryce Terang uh, reaches on an infield single to score Monasterio. Christian Yelich hits a sack fly uh, that would score Bryce Terang. That makes it 4-0. In the fifth still, Carlos Santana doubles, score Tyrone Taylor to make it 5-0. In 
And then Mark Canna, uh, singles to left to score. William Contreras, uh, Carlos Santana also able to come around on the fielding error by the left fielder Palacios. Uh, Mark Canna did get thrown out on the bases, got a, got a little greedy there, and uh, was not able to, to stretch it out into two, was thrown out, I think, going back to the bag at first. But it's 7-0 at that point. And uh, that was good enough for a lot of pitchers, definitely good enough for Brandon Woodruff, who goes seven, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Uh, the shutout performance from Woodruff. He gets scoreless relief from Andrew Chafin as well, who provides a clean inning, allowed a hit, but still got out of trouble. Like you in said, the uh, in the eight, we should note that because I was actually I was talking about him because we've seen Chafin and you know, he, I think he picked up from uh, Colin Ray in the fifth. Am I right in saying that? Or maybe it was a different picture. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Was it was it Wade Miley's start? He, he was anyway, he's been coming into games earlier and that's been working quite nicely. Considerable, considerable lead here. Um, although as we'd soon find out, you know, that lead can not be quite so considerable in a hurry. But eight inning for Chafin and he didn't get dizzy, you know. <laughs> he uh he just went out there and continued to look a little bit better. So let's hope that holds up. Let's hope it does. Uh, but the real story of this game is that Brewers offense having that big fifth inning and uh, Brandon Woodruff really uh, showing why um, when he's been healthy lately, he's the Brewers ace now. And I would still imagine that if they have their uh, pick of the playoff rotation, they'll line it up Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. But I think based on performance, uh, you got to say, uh, lately, Brandon Woodruff has been staking his claim to that. Uh, this is where um, things get a little sad, Adam. Uh, this is a game the Brewers would win, so uh, don't be don't be too sad. But you know, on a human level, you, you never like to see a guy uh, experience this kind of failure on a baseball field. Obviously, Clayton Andrews' first appearance in Pittsburgh earlier this year, I believe he gave up five earned runs and was not able to to make it out of the inning. Clayton Andrews comes on to pitch the ninth. Uh, Brian Reynolds singles to center to Brian Hayes singles to left Connor Joe homers to make it seven, three. Uh, and that is the end of Clayton Andrews's day. Uh, he has since, as we mentioned earlier, been sent back to Nashville. Uh, Elvis Pagaro comes on uh, to get out of the inning. Brewers win seven, three, but first time in Pittsburgh was brutal. Second time was brutal. Uh, I, I would imagine he will never step foot in that city again willingly. Uh, he has a 43.2 ERA. Um, he, he hasn't just pitched against the Pirates. He did pitch against the Cubs, um, where, yes. if I'm remembering correctly, he gave up an unearned run, which was the winning run in extras for the Cubs. Am I right on that? That sounds right. Uh, which, you know, that could end up, you know, sort of being a big deal. Um, yeah, it's really tough. I mean, I think there's... Uh, the worst part of this is we're pitying him, and I'm sure that would be the worst part for him because usually a pitcher's bad. We're like, get him out of here, you know. Um, this is levels beyond that, and it just it feels like... Honestly, I don't think he should have been the call-up. And then being the call-up and being used as he was doesn't make a ton of sense either. Um, being the call-up and then being like, oh, go conquer your demons, like in this ballpark, seems just excessively cruel. 
um, particularly when that doesn't work out. So I don't know, uh, maybe an F all around for the Brewers on the process here. Uh, what doesn't kill you still may kill you is what we've learned here. It doesn't always make you stronger. Um, the guys had to go and die twice in Pittsburgh, and the only other big league opportunity they've given them is, hey, here's extra innings at Anfam against our most hated rival, you know, main rival in the division race. Go get it. Don't blow it. Like, tough spots, tough spots. I mean, the first time Pittsburgh, that's one thing. We're noting He's given up eight earned runs in two appearances against the Pirates this season. The Brewers have won both of those games. Uh, yeah, that's true. I think, uh, was that Pittsburgh game, the Corbin Burns absolute gym, where he threw like uh, seven scoreless, had a bunch of strikeouts? I can't remember. It sure was. Exactly that. Seven, seven uh, scoreless. 14 strikeouts? No, not seven scoreless. Sorry. Two earned runs. But he did pitch seven, uh, seven strikeouts. So oh, not seven, quite at the seven. levels, but he he went seven innings. So Corman mm. did most of the heavy lifting, and then the game was made too close for comfort. Gotcha. Anyway, excuse me, Adam. Oh man, Clayton Andrews, Clayton Andrews is just trying to get you know opportunities for Devin Williams. Well, what are my snakes doing? Uh, they're up six five. Six, five. Roll, right. Roller coaster in the desert. Hopefully they carry this into into uh, I think a home series against Chicago. No, that doesn't sound right. Is it? I'll look, uh, no, I'll look at this. It's not Wrigley. It's not Wrigley. It feels like they play every game at Wrigley. I, I, maybe they uh, do. I think that's, this is I'll, this is what happens. We need someone to investigate. I listen to a soccer podcast where one of the hosts makes fun of the other host who's a Liverpool fan. Anytime like they have one of those like big wins at Anfield, he's like, "Yeah, it must be nice. You play every big game at Anfield. Like they just don't make you go play road games." So now I'm doing that to the Cubs now. Um, final game in this series. Uh. <laughs> Who's pitching? Uh, Freddie Freddy Peralta, Peralta on the mound against an opener bullpen day for uh, the Pirates. Colin Selby from Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, and he did not have it. And why, you know, why have really you gone against was... Chesapeake, Virginia? You said that was uh, such a state. I don't like the bay. I feel like it's uh, it's not it's not my favorite body of water. I don't love it. I love other Can bays. I... <laughs> <laughs> Can I start with a, a guessing game? I hope you have the answer to this. If you were to guess what the attendance was of this game at PNC Park today, official attendance, what would you put it down uh, as? So do, uh, do I want to guess what they reported and what I think was in there? Should we do that? Well, you are a man who knows the ins and outs of this world. Uh, I'm going official first, and then we can talk okay. about maybe what it really was. All right, official. I'll go ninety one hundred fifty three, and actual four thousand. <laughs> uh, the official was eight thousand five hundred ninety four. I don't think there were four thousand people in the ballpark. I <laughs> this is the emptiest I have seen a stadium in my two full seasons of watching Major League Baseball. Like, oh, what a beautiful stadium! Uh, if only the Brewers could have a stadium this beautiful, you know, there'd be no concerns about anything else. There's absolutely no one there. It was wild. There was one, like, maybe the first three innings, there was no one behind home plate. It was like, just COVID back with a vengeance? Is this, is this you know behind what's great closed about doors? That? What's going on? 
You know what's great about that is I know the ushers will, were still vigilant about not letting people into sections. Well, some people, some people showed up there later, but they may Maybe have like... they may have partook in some Andrew Snyder, you know, buying those those great seats when they got in on Stovehub for like a, a dollar, I assume. They must have been just desperate for anything they could get in Pittsburgh today. I just I, I do think worth worth setting this conversation up with. That must be weird too, even for the players. Like it must just deflate things somewhat. I don't know. They should really have. They should, to, have uh, they should have changed uh, course uh, in midway through the game when Freddie was starting to lose it. They should have put in Bryce Wilson because he shoved against Clayton Kershaw during the COVID season in the NLCS when they had like I don't know ten thousand fans or whatever, whatever it was scattered across uh, Globe Life Field. So he would have thrived in that environment. I heard him talking about that on on a podcast with J.R. Radcliffe recently. So that's why that sprung to mind. But yeah, Peralta against the opener and the Brewers. Had a had a fun first inning. Um, Christian Yelich and William Contreras, Contreras reach base. Carlos Santana and South Freelick not able to drive them in. Uh, Santana sent a uh, what seemed to be a uh, lazy fly ball to center with uh, Yelich on second and Contreras on first. And Yelich with some great base running, taking advantage of uh, G1 Bay, maybe not uh, setting his feet or whatever it may have been. Um, and ends up tagging up, and Contreras follows his lead. So second and third, one out. Uh, South Freelick strikes out, but then Willie Adamas with two outs and an 0-2 count hits a homer to left field to make it 3-0. Uh, immediately, the Pirates get one back in the next inning uh, when Brian Hayes hits a solo homer. In the sixth is where things would start to unravel for Freddie Peralta. Until then, he was uh, pitching around any trouble he, he got in and really limiting the trouble at that. Um, starts the inning off uh, with a Juwan Bay foul out. Brian Reynolds follows with a single. Uh, he walks Brian Hayes, and then a Jack Sawinski double cuts the Brewers' lead uh, to three to two. That scored Brian Reynolds. Trevor McGill comes on uh, to replace Peralta. So Freddie goes five and one third innings pitched, um, and allows uh, the runs in that inning. Uh, Trevor McGill allows a single to Palacios to tie the game at three. Uh, to his credit. Uh, McGill then gets out of the inning by striking out Pagaro and Rivas to limit the damage and keep the score at 3-3 in that inning. Don't know if uh, if this was a game you were locked into. I probably should ask that before turning yeah, to you. But uh, I was also- yeah, what did you what did you think of the Freddie outing? Just seemed like something where just snap of your fingers, all of a sudden there's trouble. Yeah, had it until he didn't. Uh, I think it's the only way to describe it. And maybe the pitch count was just a little bit higher than maybe it should have been. He could have been a little bit more efficient in putting some guys away earlier. And then maybe life is a little bit easier for him by the time where it just seemed to be getting away from. I do. I think what you said, almost jokingly, I feel like this could have been a good spot for Bryce Wilson to just be like, go out there and get us to the, get us true to like maybe the ninth just pick right up here and give us multiple innings. My only assumption with that could be that right now they're basically sparing him for column Ray starts with the assumption that that might be where you need someone to go a little bit longer, but I don't know. He hasn't pitched in a while. He's been really good. And you go to Pagaro who tough outing for him and he looks like he really stabilized it, but then he pitched yesterday as well. Um, Hobie Miller's pitched a couple of times in the series. He gives up a run to inherited runner. 
Or does he? No, he doesn't. No, he did. Uh, he did. No, he, he did. did. I um, thought. I I just thought that's something that maybe that is purely like what they're saying. Bright says is who is the starter who's most likely to get in trouble. There's no real ambiguity on that at the moment, and maybe you're saving it for that. But if all of a sudden Colin Ray goes out and pitches five to six uh, strong innings against the Yankees. Have you gone one hole, go around the rotation without turning to Bryce Wilson, who's been really good, and you maybe could have used here? I don't know. I, I actually don't. I don't. It does feel like a game and a situation where he could have picked things up and gone to work and given you very, very steady production. Because part of the problem here is it just went off for Freddie, and then, okay, r- another run goes on the ledger for him when McGill comes in. But it's also the things didn't stabilize then with, with Piguero. And with Hobie then allowing one of Piguero's um, runs, it feels like someone's steady, even if it was, okay, allowing Freddie's runner to score, but then you're going to lock in, you're going to give three scoreless. That could have done it. Like, that could have been the difference. Could have given the Brewers um, the base that they needed to see out this game, maybe even just a little bit more comfort. That might have helped them to get that extra bit of run that could have made the difference, but... Yeah, it's easy. Uh, it's easy after the fact, Andrew. But I do think the Bryce Wilson usage and lack of usage is kind of its own interesting thing. Well, I think the first domino of that and him getting into this game and being a bridge to the later innings is bringing in Hobie Milner in that jam with Sawinski up. Uh, mm-hmm. he, Craig opted to do that a little later in the game. Uh, and then Derek Shelton pinch hit Miguel Andujar, and he's who knocked in uh, the inherited runner. I wonder if earlier in the game, he doesn't elect to make that pinch hit decision and let Swinsky try and hit against the lefty, even though Swinsky is terrible against lefties. Um, so that's kind of what I, I half expected to see. And then to your point there, you could have then taken that to your, your bridge guy and buy some of your high leverage guys um, some innings off. Uh, Bryce did pitch in game one of this series, of course. Um, but well, yeah, a single that was inning, which for him is, you know, it's light work, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you should go and uh, take a listen to that uh, podcast with J.R. Radcliffe. And, you know, I'd love to dig deeper with him because I was just a snippet. So, you know, maybe maybe one day we can get our dream there and uh, we can really unpack how uh, your mindset changes going from a starter to a reliever. Um, but that's an offseason conversation. Um, yeah, just a, a turning point moment in the game. But that being said, the Brewers did uh, did leave that still tied in the game. Uh Mladzinski, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going to assume I did it right. Uh, came in and got the Brewers one, two, three in the top of the seventh. And then, as you mentioned, Elvis Pagaro comes in in the seventh. And that's where uh, things go awry. Uh, Josh De- Delay infield single starts the inning. G1 Bay triples. Uh, tough, tough relay there um, as really well. It makes it, four, makes it four to three. Uh, intentionally walks. Uh, Brian Reynolds to put runners on the corners, then bounces back with a nice strike out of Brian Hayes. Like we said, uh, Hobie Milner then uh, called on to uh, face Sawinski. And this was just an, an inning later, so maybe I'm overthinking it. And uh, Shelton pulls the pinch hit rip cord regardless uh, earlier. But he does in this instance. Anduar comes to the plate, singles the center to score Bay, makes it 5-3 Pittsburgh. Uh, the eighth top of the eighth inning is where I really believe the Brewers are going to win this game. And it, it seemed like they were going to start a rally that scored multiple runs. 
Holderman, the setup man for the uh, Pirates, comes on after a Carlos Santana ground out. Sal Freelick uh, singles to right. Willie Adama singles to right. Uh, Mark Kana singles up the middle. Scores Freelick, makes it 5-4. to four. Bryce Strang was the next man up. Rowdy Telez comes up, and the sinker baller Mudlins, or Holderman does his job uh, as Rowdy Telez grounds into a double play. Uh, Tanned inning. Uh, the lead is 5-4 Pirates after that. Uh, rally again. Looked like it was being started in the ninth. David Bednar on after Admiral Uribe struck out the side and looked absolutely electric. So we did have one bit of joy in this game. Uh, Bednar allows a single to Andre Monastero to start the inning. Tyrone Taylor hits the ball really hard to right field. Looks like it's headed for the gap. Connor Joe makes a nice catch. Maybe maybe uh, a, a circuitous route to that ball that <laughs> made it uh, look harder than it should have been. That being said, if that ball gets over his head, that's a tie ball game with another runner in scoring position. Instead, it's Monasterio staying put at first base and one out in the inning. Christian Yelich strikes out swinging. Like we said, looked like he was pressing the air, swinging at balls out of the zone. Then William Contreras goes down 3-0 in the count. Uh, has a, a bit of a battle with Bednar and then strikes out looking on a ball a foot out of the zone. Uh, bring me the challenge system now. That is not the reason the Brewers lost the game, obviously. We're talking about all the mistakes that led up to it and just not hitting enough on a Pirates bullpen day. But good Lord, that was a terrible call. Yeah, I mean, one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, one of the worst of the season. Um, William Contreras left the field and went straight into the clubhouse, took out his phone and started retweeting uh, tweets and screenshots of just how far off the zone that pitch was. Um, Kurt Hogue tweeted, according to Baseball Savant, C.B. Buckner's call turret strike on William Contreras in the ninth was the widest miss on any call turret strike to end the game with the tying run on base, at bat, or on deck this year. Um, I believe it was the second widest call turret strike um, to end the ninth generally by a pretty small margin. Uh, one... 0.18 feet wide of uh, the plate is from memory what I saw somewhere. Just atrocious. Um, I I don't think we're generally people who just come on here and we complain about umpires. That is just diabolical. Like that is a really it's a difficult job. Not saying otherwise. It's not that difficult. Like if you can't. If like even once you're missing one in that situation with those stakes that far off, you shouldn't be in your job. It's it's ridiculous. Like truly and utterly ridiculous. Runner on in the ninth, two strikes, two outs even I should say, and two strikes, and you're missing that far off and getting the strike call. Truly and utterly ridiculous. I. I, I just don't know what you do about that. As as Major League Baseball, when that can happen, when that can decide games, Brewers are in a really tight race here. There's no guarantees. Let me be clear that uh, that's a walk and all of a sudden you have two men on and that, that turns into anything. God, would I have liked to see it, though? Uh, I've consulted with the Oracle. Actually, Carlos Santana in that reality hits one into the river. So I think we can safely say... It's just that, like, you've you've watched a lot more baseball in your life than me. That is exceptionally bad. Like, that is that is upper tier of bad. To call one that far off at any point in the game, 
yeah, just you're you're nowhere near it. But in that situation for the final out, just absolutely shocking. Um yeah. It was uh it was pretty bad. It was very bad. Uh one of these days, uh I'm gonna send you uh, a video of the nineteen ninety seven NLCS. Some of our listeners uh may know of this game. Levon Hernandez struck out fifteen um against the Braves and the, the strike zone was like it was like that. That was just the strike zone that night. It it was worse than Angel Hernandez on Sunday night baseball. Uh but obviously, you know, that was a stare. What's the strike so zone? They... What's the strike zone consistent though? Uh his strike zone. Consistently that night? consistently like, I don't know, six feet wide. Um, it was pretty bad, um, from what I remember from seeing YouTube videos of it. But like, there were pitches being called that like you couldn't hit it with a boat or like reaching out. It was it was absurd. It's legendary. One day, uh, I'll show you a clip from it and uh, you can see it. Like, I actually I'm curious to see like the umpire scorecard tomorrow of this because I don't like I don't feel like there were other misses all that close to this one that were called. Like, this just feels uh... so far. From anything else that was being called in the game, that that's where I'm kind of like, how does that happen? Either Holderman or Mladzinski got an absurd one. I think it could have been another reliever because again, bullpen game could only muster four runs against this team going nowhere. Uh, But yeah, that's that's got to be like a lapse in concentration, right? He's got to literally like have fallen asleep. And just like all of a sudden come to, I've got to call something. Let's call it a strike. I, I really don't understand how that happens. Or it's like he. Have you umpired at any level for any? No, any I situation? refuse. I would never do it because of how I treated them my entire life. Um, <laughs> that 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 would be some sort of karmic retribution waiting for me that I want no part of. I agree with that, but I would also just love it for the you know the perspective it would give you on this. I don't want that kind of self-reflection. Uh, I feel like that could be but, content, you know? I mean, if we can get it sponsored, I, I will do it. So uh, I guess I need to make some sales calls, see if they want to sponsor Andrew's Umpire School. Uh, I think that's what we do. I go to Umpire School, and then I go and ump like a summer league game from someone that I like know that owns the team, and it doesn't matter, and they'll just let me do whatever. Like, something like that. Yeah. Um. Listen, this is all good. Listeners will hold you to this. I'm thinking so that game ended probably like three three ish Eastern probably is that about right of when this game ended? It, he could have been like okay yeah so he could have been like I've got a five thirty flight or like a six o'clock flight. I haven't had permantes while I'm here. This is like a non peak hour. I can just pop in and get my sandwich with fries on it and pop out. You know I always have to tie everything back to food. <laughs> it, it, well, it was it true this game is not going to extras call. So you might be right. Uh, shall we move on to the Master Brewer leaderboard? The Brewers dropped two out of three to the Pirates, and uh, we're in a mood. Anyway, um, this time <laughs> uh, we remembered to discuss it beforehand, which you know may be less fun. I don't know. You you tell us what you want out of this. I think it's uh, Brandon, Wo- Brandon Woodruff gets two beers. The seven shutout innings just looking like an ace. We're going to give Admiral Uribe one. He was just absolutely electric striking out the side in a series where, you know, bullpen didn't look great, didn't look terrible at times. Some guys did, but, um, yeah, good work from Admir. 
Sal Freelich, uh, especially the second game of the series where he had uh, the two extra base hits and a walk, tripled off the wall. Love seeing him uh, scamper around the bases. Andre Monasterio continues to take the Josh Donaldson signing personally and hit. Uh, Mark Canna, another consistent series. Willie Domus uh, with the homer today, uh, the big hit or, or the big single uh, through the infield in the eighth inning that started to uh, looks like it was going to carry some momentum that would end with them uh, maybe coming back. Didn't happen. William Contreras uh, had his hit streak snapped, but still uh, a good series, putting bats a ball, drawing walks, and uh, on from there. Through 139 games, Devin Williams leads the way with 30. William Contreras hot on his heels with 29. Christian Yelich at 26, Yoel Piams 24, Corbin Burns 22, Hobie Milner 21, Willie Adamas with 20, Bryce Terang and Elvis Peguero with 17, Joey Weimer, Bryce Wilson, Freddie Peralta with 15, Brian Anderson, Andre Monasterio with 14, Rowdy Telez with 13, Owen Miller 12, Peter Shreslecki, Victor Caratini, Wade Miley, and Sal Freelick at 11, Abner Rebe with 10, Tyron Taylor with 9, Julio Tehran, Colin Ray, Adrian Hauser, and Brandon Woodrow with 8, Trevor McGill 7, Carlos Santana, Mark Canna 6, Garrett Mitchell and Blake Perkins with five. Jesse Winker with four. Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer with three. Gus Barlin, Javi Guerra, Raimel Tapia, Abraham Toro with two. Mike Brasso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, J.B. Vakowskis, Jemai Jones, J.C. Mejia, and Andrew Chafin with one. On to the Big Apple, New York City, the Bronx, things of that nature. The Brewers will head to uh, play the, as we said, somehow heating up New York Yankees would love to see uh, a stop put to that. Um, Jason Dominguez. Is that the name of the, uh, the prospect that they've called up uh, who they're calling the Martian? Uh, I, I assume he's better than that. Matt Damon, Ridley Scott movie it is Ridley Scott, right? Yeah. I mean, that movie's all right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the biggest. The Martian is good. Uh, but I think Dominguez could be better. Is all I'm saying. Like he, uh, he's been uh, a hot is name. He, is he being nicknamed the Martian because you know he's from another world? Is that? Um, I'm just vamping so I can pull up the probables grid. But why don't we? Why don't we see this? Let's see, Jason. Listen, I'm already. Dem- I'm already on that. You do what you're doing. Um, he's out of this world, Adam. Uh. Oh, he's my height. That's great. He looks a lot stronger than me. Um, Friday, September 8th, the Brewers will face the Yankees. Uh, right now, penciled in for the Brewers on Friday is Colin Ray. Let's make that start for the Yankees right now. It's going to be Luis Severino. On Saturday, the Brewers will send out Wade Miley and the Yankees will opt for Michael King. And then Sunday looks like a Corbin Burns against Garrett Cole matchup, if all things shake out the way they're uh, forecasted here. So, yeah, hot, hot Yankee team. Brewers in need of a bounce-back series. Cubs playing the Snakes for four. Uh, Like we said, um, every series from here on out is... uh, the biggest series of the season. And, you know, the movie, everybody wants some where they're uh, playing the game where they flick up the baseball and he's trying to cut it with the axe. And he, uh, I forget the character's name. It's like the, the 
big guy on campus in the house says, you know, this, this would be the greatest day of my life if I like hit this off you, you know, until tomorrow. So that's kind of uh, what their approach has to be this season. Take cliche answer one game at a time. I've got the lowdown on Al Marciano. If, if that's yes. what you'd like now. Uh, it's from a Sporting News article. Dominguez's nickname, The Martian, comes from an awestruck viewer of Dominguez in his home country, the Dominican Republic. Someone, it's unclear who, said Dominguez's talent was not of this world, leading to the nickname. They also uh, have included our Reddit post here. Is it Jason? Is it Jason? Is it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's spelled with two S's, but we're probably wrong I think we should either just... of those pronunciations. Yeah, um, I think we should sat, assume... sat next. Sat next to what? What do we want to assume? Which way do we go? That whatever I said was wrong is basically what I'm gonna. I'm gonna go say. with Jason. I feel like that's also wrong. Um, it could be Yasson. You know, a Joel Yoel situation. Even um, yeah. sat sat next to Jason on a plane from Tampa to New York, New Jersey. This poster says, "Didn't notice him at first, but I saw he had his glove with him, so I asked." Did you see any games while you were on vacation? Get any foul balls? To which he smiled and responded, I play. So of course I ask him, you any good? Smiling from cheek to cheek, he answers, I am Martian. I am out of this world. Which, do I believe that that story is real? I don't know, Andrew. Um, I kind of hope it's real because, yeah, I am Martian. I am out of this world is, yeah, that's good lines. Uh, I gotta say... I'm just gonna assume it's real. I love this guy now forever. I'm I'm in on the Martian. I just hope he, you know, maybe he should take the weekend off. He's gonna hit a bunch of homers now. Um, the the snakes are up nine to five. They're gonna carry this momentum into Wrigley, and and they're gonna they're gonna do it. Th- three three out of four against the Cubbies. Brewers take two out of three against the Yankees. Despite you know what 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 we expect doesn't happen, you think we're you're gonna sweep the Pirates with the the three aces lined up? Well, you know what, Colin Ray and the Bryce Wilson piggyback game get a win there. Um, Wade Miley does Wade Miley things. Burns bounces back. They win at least two out of those three. I'm on board with the vision. I could say that much. To find out if Andrew's vision comes to fruition. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's Cruising for a Bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. That's the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed for all things Milwaukee books. Talk of the Tundra for everything Green Bay Packers. Get your final preparations in for the new Packers season with Jordan Newmark. And for movies, pop culture, and stuff like that, you can listen to more from Andrew and I over on Make Time for This. Until the next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam.